Hey, this is Sam from Brain Tools, and this is the shortcut version of our Brain Tools podcast, where you get just the Brain Tools, all four of them, uh, nothing else. It's short, practical, and sweet, and I hope you like it. All right, and now for the last section, the best section, the main section, the brain tool section. And before before we get into it really quickly, just going to preframe this that you can't change a belief until you first believe you can change. And this is a lot of research coming out of uh, neuroscientist Dr. Stephanie Fay found that the most successful ways to teach uh, kids a growth mindset was to teach them about neuroplasticity. So uh, the first thing I just wanted to say is your brain can change and you need to believe that before you adopt new beliefs. I really like that. And I think that's a good frame because, again, growth mindset's been thrown a lot around a lot these days, especially in education. Mm-hmm. But just to clarify yeah. for people, growth mindset being like you believe that your actions, your strategies are going to actually impact your end outcome. But fixed mindset people are actually believing, hey, no matter what I do, it won't change. It's tied to my genetic endowment. And I think that frame, as you've put forward, comes really interesting if when we talk about what is truthful and what is true. Now, you know me, I can get a little bit mathematic here and I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna create a matrix. Matrix loves an intex loves to intex intex to oh, <laughs> intellectualize. That's the word. Did you say intexter? Intexter loves to intextualize. I like I like a good favor castle, right? It's a good texter. Yeah, but what I will say as context for the brain tools we're about to give you is, as we say, there's always a bit of a problem between differentiating between what is true, what is reality and what is truthful. I, a person actually not having the intent to misinform, but actually believing what they have. And if I sound can mm-hmm. create just a quick matrice where you've got, if you can imagine for me, yeah. right, you've got your y-axis, so it's going straight up is truth, like truth, like who's being truthful, and then true on the bottom axis. You end up having four different quadrants, right? And the aim here is you don't want to be not true and not truthful. Then you're on another planet. You might as well not be on planet Earth. You might be on Saturn, Jupiter, whatever it might be. You can be truthful, but not true. And that means you need to examine reality, right? You need to actually get close to it, get people to inform what you might be actually misinformed about. You can be true, but not truthful. You might be living a lie because you don't want to experience something. And the aim becomes to be truthfully true. And so I think as a first stepping stone, if we want to be truthfully true, is we need to understand our current set of beliefs. And that comes to my first brain tool, if I can give it to you. Yeah, please give me the truth. Brain tool number one, you've got to add to your belief inventory. And the reason I say this is like a massive issue for many people, including myself and you. If you are asked the question, what do you believe in? Normally, there's just a pause. And people are just sitting there like, I've got no idea. Like I could rattle some things off, but there's no meaningful thought to that question. But that's such a fundamental thing as we've spoken about it. And if you don't know what you currently believe in, then how can you even look to change something that might be false or true? Does that make sense so far? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Well, you got to know your starting point, what you have. Exactly right. And what's your lens that you're viewing the world in? So as I spoke about with a belief inventory, the way you want to do is create one. And the way that you would go about this is to list the beliefs that you currently hold within certain topics if you'd like to do. And that way you have a central place of truth for your belief set. It could be about any, like anything, right? Remember how we talked about the different types of empirical versus conceptual versus the event-based stuff. How I would implement mm-hmm. that Take the topics you want to speak about. It could be about neuroscience. What do I believe is true in this? It could be about your relationships. What I believe in this. Get a journal or a Google Doc and list those specific beliefs that you have. And when you list that belief down, just take a note of how you feel when you look at it. Are you emotionally charged in a negative way or are you emotionally charged in a positive way like it makes you happy? So, for example, if I write down I believe in God as an example, which I know can be a very charged thing, but how do you feel? Not just judging it for whether it's true or untrue, just putting it down and saying, hey, how do I actually feel? And it becomes a lot easier to form your values 
when you know what you currently believe. You don't know what you don't yeah. know. And that's my key thing here, to create that belief inventory before you even try and change something. Take stock, take stock. So you're suggesting you know, get out a Google Doc or a piece of paper, whatever it is, and really just write down all these beliefs and do, do an audit, a belief audit. Yeah, 100%. So if I was to ask you just live, Sam, take a neuroscience we've spoken about right now, what's something that you believe in in terms of neuroscience, just in terms of what you think is true? Like one of the, big, one of the biggest ones is that brains can change almost infinitely. That, that's that's a big one. I hold that to be true. And I think it actually has massive ramifications for how you live and how you value yourself. But when you said that statement, can I ask, how'd you feel? Was it more positively geared, negatively geared? Or neutral? 100% positively geared. 100% neutral? No. <laughs> neutral. Do I look I like mean, a tar to you? Oh, never. <laughs> you over here, baby. <laughs> but I, but that's the whole point of doing it. Now, again, if you don't want to go through the whole rigmarole, you can just do it do it in a conversation. But as I said, brain tool number one, create a belief inventory. So I take stock, do an audit. I might even do that just after this show and write down what you hold as beliefs. It's, it's such a good starting point, um, I think, because a lot of people don't actually know what they believe in. Or they, they do, but it's really loose. So it's like, oh, I believe that. Um, the, the real question, though, is how do you then implement new beliefs or adopt mm-hmm. beliefs? Like you take, a, you take stock of them. How do you actually change a belief or how do you implement one of these new beliefs? And that comes to my brain tool number two, which is create a wake up slash bedtime belief ritual. So the problem is to change a belief, you've got to repeat it over and over again. Like we talked about, frequent repetition is what wires it in. It's what creates that myelination and, and builds that pathway through the jungle to this new belief. But how do, you, how do you find time for it and how do you remember? And how do you do it frequently? Well, the solution is you need to practice your new belief for five minutes when you wake up and five minutes before you go to sleep. But you don't need to do this, but this is a great way to do it because these are kind of the two periods of in your day uh, when you've got a bit of time and when you're able to, in the morning, set your belief for the day so that you've already set your brain up to look for it as you go out the day and in the evening, repeat that so that when you go to sleep, you're consolidating that memory, you're learning it, you're really wiring it in just before bed. So there's actually a, a model created uh, from some some colleagues at Princeton and Brown University, which show that forming, and they used habits, but also applies to belief, forming good and bad habits totally depends on how often you perform an action rather than the satisfaction you get for it. And they built out this ma- mathematical model of Yay, repetition. Math. <laughs> Yay, math. Of repetition leading to habit change and behavior change and, and equally applies to belief. So from an implementation perspective, Say you you do a belief audit, you um you write down your belief inventory and you go, I, I actually want to adopt this new belief about myself and how competent I am. What you'd want to do then is in the morning, just after you wake up and the evening, just before you go to bed, and you can do this in the bed, wake up and spend five minutes just thinking about the belief. Reflect on the times it was true. Look for when that actually happened in your life and confirm that belief. Find that evidence to tie it to. And just sit there and think about it over and over again. The more times you kind of repeat it and you look for that evidence, the more you're wiring that new thought and that new neural pathway into your brain until it becomes a high priority pathway, until it becomes this super highway charging through the jungle from one belief, uh, from one neuron to another. And just do the same before you go to sleep as well. So it's, it's 10 minutes each day. If you did this for, you know, two weeks, a month, you'd be wiring that belief in to the point where it starts to become second nature and something you just think about. Uh, I love so, it. Yeah. So good. Because I think two things are coming to my mind right now, what we talk about. Episode four, 
we went through habits and habit formation. And it almost is like with this type of thing, it's all about coupling it to an initial habit, right? If you want to change a belief, totally. you're waking up in the morning, that's tied to it. I think that's the first part that's coming through. But I, I think the, the second one to talk about what you're saying is like there's been people that are known to like schedule into this, their calendar empty space to just think, right? And this becomes mm. a really interesting thing because you're, what's coming to mind is when you said, and I loved it, which is like you are what you pay attention to, you need to schedule this time in for yourself to say, hey, I actually want to actively rewire my beliefs of what I've got, whether they're self-limiting, whatever they might be, and they've got to be in the calendar. It's like here's this five minutes, here's this 10 minutes. You might not do it all the time, but, again, that habit formation is essentially the action steps that lead to the belief formation as well. Totally. It's deliberate repetition. Like if, if you could say one thing about learning and the human brain, it is deliberate repetition frequently over time. That's how we learn. I love it. That is such a good brain tool. Brain tool number two. Number two. I love it. Well, we're going to move into the last two on beliefs. And I think to build upon what you're talking about, which is this sort of habit coupling, it's actually rewire brain. I think it's also mm. important because you do that on an individual basis. Um, but what's also really important to try and make sure you do is always understand that there are other people in the world. And Sam, golf. You know I talk about this a lot, right? Oh, which God, is you're such a golfer. You really are. <laughs> Like tonight, I'm so excited. It's my first night golf I've ever done. I'm actually so so pumped, but I'm going off track. I'm gonna get you- <laughs> golf clubs no, I'm gonna get golf golf gloves. A brain tool golf club. Please do, and get the logo as well. And I think um with with golf though, when you play right, I'm not great, so I lose a lot of different balls. But when you're looking for the ball and you're by yourself, you can never find it. But when you play with other people, they will say, oh, Kieran, your ball's over there. And I'm like, how on earth did you see that? It's like when you go to the pantry and you're looking for your favorite food, but then you ask mum, hey, mum, dad, where is it? And they're like, oh, it's there, as an example. I have a mum. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the way I want to bring up brain tool number three, because we don't like to be wrong. And like when you think about the last time you you found out you were wrong, you hated it. It hurt. You felt embarrassed. And we view it much more as a threat than as an opportunity. And so I think mm. the brain tool number three, which is red team your own beliefs, that's red team your own beliefs, becomes really, really key in terms of solving this issue. So, so red, red teaming, what's, uh, what do we got going on here? So red teaming, again, all the, the whole notion of red teaming is say you've got an idea, say you've got a solution you've created, you want to get one or two people to actually review what you've done once you've completed it. And so that is, that is the solution to this, which is like, hey, who are two people that have different perspectives to you, right? Which is why we always talk about belief sets when you compare people who are well-traveled to people who are not well-traveled. They've been exposed to so much different stimuli as well. So the solution mm-hmm. here that I've got, say in your belief inventory that you've said, hey, here are the things that I believe in. And again, you started to actually dedicate, here's my time to actually change that. The next thing to do is to say, hey, let's get a person who actually thinks this about the issue, right? Say you know someone's completely polar to you. You want to really understand, hey, where are they coming from? Where have they formed their belief from? And that's why when you implement this, and I know we do this quite often together, is you just want to ask yourself questions, which is like, how could I be wrong? How could I be wrong? What would I need to be, what would need to be true if I were wrong? What is my bias? Where did I get my information from? That internal locus, then you say to the other person, hey, where'd you get information from? What do you think your biases are? You've obviously got to have this conversation with someone that is respectful and you actually appreciate, but I think that then means you have a higher degree of self-awareness, which I think is really interesting. That's uh, the power of disconfirming evidence, right? Because that's how you, that's a Shane, Shane Paris quote, shout out Farnham Street, come on the blog sometime, but there's so much power in that. 
Yeah, absolutely. When you say disconfirming evidence, do you want to just uh, elaborate a little bit for me, man? Yeah, fair enough. That is actually quite a vague point. But it's effectively disconfirming evidence is, you know, anything out there, whether that be data or an experience, that goes against your current beliefs. As This is exactly what you're talking about. It's finding those points of information that make you question whether or not that belief is true in every situation. It's why traveling is so amazing because some of your worldview is totally uh, being penetrated by all these different experiences of people acting in ways that you're not expected. That is, it's such a good, good point that I do disconfirming evidence, right? Because it's like, instead of asking the question, how do I know I'm right? It's like, how do I know I'm wrong? Yeah. Right. Or how could yeah. I be wrong? Like well, that's the idea. you're inverting yep. it. I think that then allows you to be a bit more of a skeptic because what we're talking about, right? With disconfirming evidence, it's a scientific method. It's like, what's your hypothesis? How do I disprove the hypothesis um, mm. before you then proving it? And so that's why I talk about brainstorm number three, which is red team your own beliefs, get someone that you respect and actually have these meaningful conversations around certain topics to understand where they're coming from. Again, really making a note of the emotion management episode we did on how to conduct those conversations as well, that from episode 16, make sure you seek yeah. to understand, seeking to be understood. Yeah, that's my brain tool number three, Sammy. Yeah, super strong. And just as a, a little side note, if you can't find someone, you can always use your friend Google. You can you can search for how you're wrong, you know, evidence against this. That is really so, easy. That is so good. That is it's gold. It's really gold. easy and it, it is a bit of a slap in the face sometimes. And I, I can tell you personally when I've really bought into an idea or belief and I've searched out, you know, I usually chuck in the phrase plus fraud or wrong or you know when is this not true and you'll find plenty of evidence that disconfirms your belief and it hurts <laughs> tell you what, it hurts okay google is not nice <laughs> neither is reddit uh, i love it mate and you've got a final brain tool to bring it all together i do i do well say you've got for example this self-limiting belief say you're at work and a challenging project comes along you think to yourself i can't do this it's too hard what if i stuff up Remember that one time I made a mistake and my boss chewed me out for it and you're panicking, your breath is short and you're sweating and you have this limiting belief takeover and hello stress. Oh. Say that's you, right? Say you have this problem and lots of people do. Lots of people yeah, have that imposter syndrome. We've, I mean, we've probably all been there at one time and another where this limiting belief has taken over in a certain situation, whether that be at work, at home, in social situations, playing a sport, whatever it is. What you need is the ability to change that belief. But to do that, you need belief switching. So my brain's number four is belief switching. And it's how do you counteract a limiting belief? And it's by switching in the moment for an uplifting belief over time and convincing your brain that this new belief is true. So it becomes the de facto belief or the de facto way you think in that situation. So rather than going, oh my God, I'm going to stuff up this project, you adopt this new belief by switching it out. And I'll talk about how in just a second. You adopt this new belief and go, yeah, that project's coming along and I'm going to kill it. Because remember X, Y, and Z times when I did exactly that. So how do you do this? Well, there's three steps to belief switching. The first is you've got to recognize your limiting belief in the moment okay, I'm experiencing this limiting belief. I'm doubting myself. I'm thinking I can't do this. Number one. Number two is you, you now actively choose, okay, what if I actually can do this? What if I can adopt this other belief? What if this is possible? So just to embrace that what if mindset. That's step number two, to switch the belief. And the third way, third step is to make it real. Now go, all right, what about all those times when this new belief, this positive belief about me being able to do this was true? What are the past successes? Remember when I took on that work project two years ago in my other job that I thought I couldn't do 
and I did an amazing job. That's just like this. And suddenly you've made that belief more real, tangible, and your brain is now actively scanning for information just like that example you gave it to prove it's true. You're hacking your brain to switch out this belief. And so doing this over time leverages uh, what they call associative learning of constructs. You're doing it by activating that belief in in a moment to associate it with a behavior or a situation or environmental cue. And this helps you reinforce those new beliefs. So using, you know, the new belief setting method we talked about before with when you wake up and when you go to bed, plus this one in the moment gives you that whole gamut of changing your belief or swapping out an old one. So belief switching. I really like that. And I think the the whole notion here is it's sometimes really hard to catch yourself in the moment, right? That's that quote by Jordan Peterson, which is like um, human beings are bad bosses, but even worse employees. Like we're not very good at doing this in the moment. So to your point on it, which I think is key, is if you can't do that, tell someone about the belief that you actually are trying to change. Like say, hey, you and I right here, right now, hey, here's a belief. If I say this sentence, just remind me, hey, Kieran, you told me to remind you, What's a something? How could you reframe that? And that constant mm-hmm. catching contingency, it's almost as if you're trying to do a, a, you know, some gymnastics and you're going to fall. You've always got that safety net and the safety net, Sam, is you for you me, do. which is really nice. Oh. I appreciate it. My heartstrings. You actually said what almost hit one of my favorite words, which was it's cognitive reframing. It's cognitive reappraisal, which we talked about in emotion regulation, but it's cognitive reframing in terms of beliefs, which oh. there is so much research out there that it's not even funny. It's crazy. Those are the four brain tools, though. Hey, Sammy, I reckon uh, we should we should get this summary going. Hey, back to the top, up we right. go. Brain tool number one is add to your belief inventory. The whole notion here is take stock of all the beliefs that you currently hold within certain topics that you actually do care about, and actually note them down and understand the emotional response you have when you write it down. Don't evaluate it logically. Whatever your emotional response is, take stock because then, then you can move on and try and change those beliefs. So brain tool number one, add to your belief inventory. Solid. And once you've got that inventory and you realize there's a new belief you want to adopt or a more positive belief, create a wake up slash bedtime belief ritual. Spend five minutes in the morning when you wake up, five minutes of the night, reflecting on that belief, repeating that pathway, repeating that activation of pathway in your brain, thinking about all the times it's true to start wiring that in and forming that high priority pathway, that path through the jungle, which will eventually become a super highway. That's brain tool number two, the wake up slash bedtime belief ritual. I love it. Moving into brain tool number three, which is red team your own beliefs. As Sam said, in terms of that whole notion of really trying to change your beliefs, don't try and do it alone. You need people to help catch you um, when you fall. It's quite a great song. So the whole notion here is to really unpack with another person who has counter beliefs to your own, actually asking yourself the question internally, hey, how could I be wrong? But also asking the question, hey, where are you coming from? What's actually on your mind? What do you believe in? That becomes more well-rounded. It means you red team your own beliefs and you're more likely to be truthfully true, which is the whole aim of this exercise. Absolutely. And you actually touched on what we're going to talk about in our next episode when it comes to approaching someone with a different belief set and how you go about that uh, engagement. Uh, but last, lastly, brain tool number four, it's belief switching. When you're in the moment experiencing a limiting belief, if you can get someone else to call you out or you call yourself out, first recognizing that you're having experiencing that limiting belief, switching out the belief and asking yourself, what if it wasn't true? And what if the inverse was true? And then finding evidence to prove that that inverse is also possible to make it real in your brain and solidify that belief, that switched out belief. Kieran, big one today. Robust. I love it. And, you know, we always want to really come and bring this together. 
80-20, Pareto, what is your 80-20 for today, Sam? You become what you believe. It is your brain's functioning that determines your worldview and your experience of the world based on your belief. So if you change your beliefs, you change your world, you change your life. That's mate. I feel like you've been on this motivational speaker bandwagon. I'm really like, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm mate, you've been, mate. Honestly, Mr. Robbins, I'm sorry. He's, he's actually, he does some good stuff. He does. Um, my, to add to yours is a quote by Ray Dalio. We love him. He's a, he's a great man. If you haven't read his book, Principles, highly recommend. But he has a quote there, which he says, understanding, accepting, and working with reality is both practical and beautiful. Be a hyper-realist. Dreams plus reality plus determination equals a successful life. Being in touch with reality is so, so important and making sure that your beliefs are, beliefs are congruous with that becomes really important to navigating in a world that can be very uncertain. And that's uh, my 80-20. Strong. Big Love episode. Excited for just, next week. I reckon, just to round it out. And as we said, next week, Sammy, we're going to go into obviously interconnected beliefs. We're going to look at beliefs between other people as opposed to self-belief. But as we always do at the end of the episode, uh, look out for it, please, is we're going to have a how-to guide, an implementation guide in terms of how you can actually instill these beliefs in your life. It has practical steps, step-by-step to implement it, obviously covering everything that we've spoken about today. You can get it, which is great for free at braintools.substack.com. That's braintools.substack.com. It'll be in the description as well. So go and get your free brain guide and sign up for it. And Sammy, that rounds us for the day. Very exciting stuff. Let's do it. Can't wait to talk next week. Can't wait to, to hear all of you. you. I can't hear you, but if I could, I would hear all of your excitement for next week's episode on our beliefs between people because we know that one's a juicy one. Sounds good. Bye for now. Bye for now. See you later.